Hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. And I'm Philip Landry. And this, this is Open Shutters. Scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> Hey, Philip. Uh, we, we're back. We, we, we were out for a week. You weren't feeling well, huh? I was not feeling. I'm feeling a lot better. I appreciate all the well wishes. I actually had a pretty severe infection that sent me to the ER, and I've been uh, taking my antibiotics, and it's, it's a little bit of a slow recovery, but I'm very thankful for all the medical staff that helped me. Yeah, all those well wishes. How did you get to all those mailboxes at one time and write all those letters? Oh, <laughs> I think I just... I'm just going to say I'm thankful. <laughs> I didn't even know if I had energy to do more so, about that. I'm actually just thankful we're back. I've got, you know, I'm going to have horoscopes for y'all later on. And I'm really, I'm just really thankful that y'all were patient enough uh, to wait for this episode. So. Yeah, and this is one that everybody's been waiting for. This is a good one. and uh, But we have a lot of stuff to discuss in the first half, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what, did, what was it? Uh, I've been watching that. Uh, I, I still got one episode left, the Cecil Hotel. Oh, yeah. Netflix, we're going to have, we're uh, not, I mean, series. not anytime soon, but eventually, some point this year, we're going to have to find some time to talk about. Oh, yeah. We got the crimes at the Cecil Hotel. But yeah. it's a really, really a creepy, creepy, creepy docuseries. And I've, I haven't even seen the last episode yet, but there's something in the third episode that just is sticking in my head. I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to have any spoilers. Oh yeah, and I finally, I finally got to watch, and I think you said you saw it as well. They had the uh, Antebellum movie on yes, I Hulu. Yeah, saw that on Hulu. Yeah. No spoilers on that if you haven't seen it, but very, go watch it. Very, very good. And tonight, we today we went to see. Now you couldn't come with us last week. They've been showing the Lord of the Ring movies at the AMC theater at the IMAX. Here. Yeah. And they showed them in the IMAX, so we went to see. Uh, a bunch of us went to see the first one. Curtis, Lance, and William Alvarez and I went to see the first one. But Philip was too sick last week. But, but I have seen them so many times. I'm like, a, but you came with us to see the second yes, one yes, today. Yes. And yeah, and, and I'll tell you, you have to see Lord of the Rings on IMAX. It's the only way to watch it. It did bring back great memories from like 20 years ago. Like, oh, and you would need to think. It's so hard to believe that that was 20 years ago because it looks like it. It just looks brand new. And I, but no, the thing about it is, it it all of your more contemporary fantasy films owe so much to that trilogy. Yeah, even Great Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I we, can see the, the influences oh, yes. of Game of oh, Thrones yes. had on. Yeah, yeah, it was really you know I got my got my geek on watching that today, and um, we also uh, we have uh, well we have a, a few obits today. Because we missed. Some oh, yeah, we last missed two, week. we had two weeks. Yeah, yeah, so we got two weeks worth of opens. So I'm going to start with the first one uh, Christopher Plummer. You remember him? Oh, Baron von Trapp from the I Sound know. of Music. He, um, he died at the age of 91. 
And he, he became the oldest Academy Award winner in history. He was a zaddy in his day. Hitman was one hot man. The I, man I must be honest. That man that. has credits up the wazoo. And he has loads of credits. The wind. Yeah. Uh, he played uh, J. Paul Getty in the, um, the, um, the movie about the uh, kidnapping of the grandson. Oh, yeah. He he played Jay he he played him in that move in the theatrical movie, and then there was the the FX miniseries where Donald Sutherland played the same character, played J. Paul Getty, but he's mainly known for Baron von Trapp in The Sound of Music, and uh, he was also married. His daughter is Amanda Plummer. You know who she is from uh, Pulp Fiction. You know the two that robbed the, the diner in Pulp Fiction? Really? Yeah, that's his... He, I he was, didn't know that. You, I'm finding out just now what he's saying. He <laughs> was married to to uh, Tammy Grimes, who's a, a, a um, Broadway actress. And that's the only... His only child is Amanda Plummer. She was born in 1957. Yep. Same year And as I saw the he, interview they did with Julie Andrews after he passed, and she had some wonderful things to say about co-starring with him. Yeah. And uh, a second one that we didn't that we have made is Mary Wilson, one of the Supremes. Oh, she, um, you know that Diana Ross is the last of the original Supremes left. That's Florence true. Florence Ballard died back in the seventies. Wow, that is. And true. it was I don't know is Cindy Birdsong still alive? I'm not sure, but um, she's the one who replaced uh, Florence Ballard. But Mary Wilson and Diana Ross was, you know, the Diana Ross is the last. Um, the last of the original Supremes. So she was one of the founding members. And she and uh, Diana Ross had kind of a turbulent relationship. He even wrote... Well, I mean, come on. That happens in most most groups at some point. Especially when Diana Ross went off to be a movie star. And, and then uh, things came out that she wasn't really that nice of a person. So Diana Ross, was the, Ross. Diana Ross was the Beyonce of her time? She was a diva. <laughs> And Beyonce, uh, uh, yeah. Well, actually, it's funny because when I was a limo driver. I or Beyonce drove, is the Diana Ross of her telling. Yeah, I drove um, uh, Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. You remember the first Sims uh, uh, game, the very first one when it first came out, like twenty yes. years ago. Well, people used to make these skins and they would put them online for you to download into the game. And I got that Destiny's Child, and I didn't even know the names of any of the girls of Destiny's Child. So I named them Diana, Mary, and Florence. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. And I just happened to get it right. The Beyonce one was the one I named Diana. And the Michelle one was the one I named Mary Wilson. I didn't even realize that I was I had it right. So when I rode her in the, uh, in the limo, she was really, really, really nice. She, she chartered me for the whole day. And when I rode her in the limo, she says, uh, I told her about the, the Sims game. This was many years later. She says, I said, and... Yeah, I just happened, Beyonce happened to be Diana Ross. She said, well, of course. She says, and I had to have been Mary Wilson, wasn't I? I said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you are Mary Wilson. So uh, and so That's she goes, she says, well, I can't wait to tell Beyonce about this. I said, yeah, because Beyonce is kind of the Diana Ross of, of the Destiny's Child. She says, Beyonce is much nicer than Diana Ross. That's what oh, we, all that's right what now. She said. <laughs> so, um you know, the Supremes went on after Diana, uh, and they had a few hits after Diana Ross left, including Stone Love and Nathan Jones. And those were the two, those were two big Supreme hits without Diana Ross. And Diana Ross also went on to do uh, Reach Out and Touch, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, and uh, many, many, many others. So rest in peace, Mary Wilson. We're going to miss in peace, Mary. you a lot. 
All right, let's move right along. The uh, next one we're going to have is, you remember, Larry Flint, Hustler Magazine founder. Nasty man, huh? But he, but he made so many young men's fantasies come true. Young to straight it. men. Straight men. But, you know, every now and then he would sneak in a naked man in there, you know, just to, for them pansexual boys, I guess. And, I mean, and then he is behind the, the, the club that was on Bourbon Street, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, he, um, I remember some of the early episodes, some or episodes, some of the early issues of Hustler. It came out when I was just about old enough to read pornographic material. You know, I just about reached that age. And he used to, it used to be really, really homophobic in the beginning. Yeah. And then when the Anita Bryan stuff started, he really came out in favor of the gay community. And he did a 180 degree turn. Uh, his, and he became like a really big supporter of, of, you know, he supported marriage equality and everything. So he became a really big supporter of the LGBTQ community. I get, they, they change those alphabet letters on that thing so many times. I have no, I have no, I, I never can get them right. But anyway, he also was a big pro, uh, free speech. And the thing I like is he, um, he, uh, he got sued by Jerry Falwell and won. Oh, that was entertaining. Yeah, they know. even that, that even. Uh, oh, one thing it is, is he he um, he paid the paparazzi eighteen thousand dollars. For nude pictures of Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, and print and and published them in the movie. It were real fuzzy paparazzi pictures, but we got to see Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis's junk. <laughs> oh, let's say it that way. <laughs> and it's like okay, and now they're gonna give us a shout out too. Binging with Babish is a cooking show. Oh, a cooking show! So she's guest reviewing the cooking show. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, we gotta check that cooking show out. And uh, so, yeah, that looks that sounds like a fun podcast, doesn't it? Yeah. Then we also I want to talk about Micro Break Podcast, which is um, this is a man. He says his his podcast. Uh, is for for humans with the attention span of a goldfish, where I share my thoughts, wisdom, and humor in under 15 minutes. He's from New Jersey, my other home, where <laughs> yes, I live. Yes. But he didn't know, he didn't recognize any Jersey in my accent because when I'm talking to you, oh, there we go. I just said talking. talking. It was a Jersey. Um, when I'm talking to you, I I I'll go Yacht City. <laughs> <laughs> My New Orleans accent just stays with me. So anyway, um, I, I listened to one of his, and he's hilarious. You're really and truly going to have to check him out. His name is Michael. Michael J. Uh, Mayoni. Sounds, that's a Mayoni. Is that Italian, Michael? It's got to be Italian. <laughs> if it's not Italian, Italian let us know. That's an Italian He looks man. Italian. He looks, like, looks like he should be owning rocking colors. <laughs> He probably yeah, got his own place he might be owning in New Jersey. We Colos. You guys know about rocking Colos, don't you? Oh, yeah. We I think we talked about that in the last uh, episode. <laughs> All right. And then another shout-out I want to do. Wait. There, is it there? Yeah. Florida Men on Florida Man. And this is a shout This is a... Um, where is the, the link to this? Let's see. All right. Where? Oh, oh there he is. Okay. It's, uh, this is with... Um, 
This is a Florida man. Okay, I'm, I'm reading this from their uh, the, from their Spotify page. This is Florida Man on Florida Man, is a podcast featuring crazy but true short story, true stories from the Sunshine State. It goes past the insane headlines and focuses on Florida's history, from the nation's wealthiest mobster to legendary heroes of the frontier. There's one thing they all have in common. Florida. <laughs> and if you love Florida news and Florida history, the show is for you every Wednesday. A new show. Because you know, know, Florida is always in the news. Florida always has the craziest shit go down. And Florida is our neighbor. Florida is three hours away. We're three hours away. Here in New Orleans, we're three hours Probably away Probably um, eight to nine out of ten times. If there's a crazy news story, guess where it most likely was at? Florida. <laughs> So anyway, now now the next shout out I oh. want to do is a is a uh, is a band is a group called Forgotten Door. Oh oh yeah 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 we'll, we'll get that one next. Uh, Forgotten Door is a band and they they sent me a link to their um, Puerto Penasco. They're one of their songs. Pretty good, very eighties type of beat, huh? Yeah, and it was what well, was eighties, and it had like it had a little bit of that. Um, I'd say eighties, nineties. It had a, kind of like a Latin beat to it as well. Eighties, nineties, yeah. It was eighties with a Latin beat, and yeah. it, it was like a late eighties into the nineties kind of yeah. thing. A really, really good. I really think these these guys did real. They said they do really well in the UK, but I think they're gonna. Um, I think they're gonna do well here because yeah, it's enjoying responsive airplay in the UK and Europe. And he said, I seem to appreciate their craftsmanship. I'm reading the message they sent me. And we have new video content coming soon. So, look, you guys, keep up. We're going to plug y'all. Every time you do something new, send it to me, and I'm going to plug it on here. Because I, I, I really believe in you guys. And we have one more I want to. It's one of my our friends that we shouted out to before. But we're going to shout out to them again. Because they're always retweeting us. Yes. And they, they've been good friends. It's the, Thri the, the Thrice Cursed Podcast. And it's hosted... Oh, yeah, Rebecca. This is Rebecca's podcast. Remember Rebecca? Yeah. And uh, she is really, really sweet. She's, she's been a very, 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 very supportive friend to us. And we want to continue to support her. And we haven't shout, shouted you out in a lot. We've been putting so much um, energy into Shaughnessy and Justin... And what's wrong with you girls? Why haven't you posted anything lately? We miss y'all. We want you back, Justin Shauncey. But that's not taking anything away from Rebecca. Rebecca, you're awesome. Uh, okay. Where are we going? Where, where, oh, where you know we got some trash news, and you know about who. Are we doing the... Uh, that bitch. We doing the trash news first? Some Carol Baskin news, oh, bitch. Oh, yeah. Yes. We're doing that before the obits? Yes. Because you know I've been waiting here to oh, have man. you tell them oh, about Cal, this. We haven't had a good Carol Baskin story in a while. This but anyway, Joe Exotic says that he was accepting her help to get a shorter sentence. Because she promised him that if he helped with the uh, Big Cat Public Safety Act passed, she would she would talk to him about getting like an early parole. Now she's she's pulling back on it. Carol Baskin says reports of Joe Exotic accepting her help for a shorter sentence are total nonsense. And that's just so Carol Baskin. Mm -hmm. To promise something and pull it back. She's just like, she's dangling this carrot in front of this man. I mean, what more can this woman do to this guy? Okay, just, I know just he hired somebody to kill her, but every time I read something about her, I want to hire somebody to kill her. 
And she said that uh, reports he's accepted help from her and her husband to get out of prison. Oh, her and Fred Flintstone, huh? Or was that the husband that got eaten? Which one? <laughs> Just wait till she winds up in that jail and she wants to get out after feeding her husband and that tiger or whatever. And she says that she and her husband suggested that exotic, uh, it was a report, statement sent to 10 Tampa Bay. She said she and her husband suggested if Exotic, whose real name is, I thought he had an Italian name, Schreiber Vogel. Who? <laughs> Joe Exotic. Where, I think that's wrong. Wait, where are you looking at? What are you looking at? Right there, look. That's not his last name. No, I thought it was Maldonado. But she says that isn't a Yeah, it's Maldonado. That's a, bit, that's a mistake. She's saying it's, that isn't the case. She said instead of doing the right thing, he has ran it against the bill and called for two things the bill does not does to be written. So he told her name tonight that it was time for Carol and her husband to put up a shut up because he was accepting the offer. I don't think she thought he was going to take him up on it. And he said, I'm going to take it one step further than that, okay? It's time to get on the phone with President Biden or whoever they need to that they got in their little financial pocket and say, Hey, Joe is willing to support big cat bills and right. help protect cats from America from being exploited. But we need to keep our end of the deal and get Joe a pardon. Because you see, old Trump wouldn't, didn't pardon him. He had promised to, but he But you're right about... Everybody's doing this. this but is, you're right about Carol. She playing dirty. Because, play, uh, because this bitch, she just dangled the offer because she didn't think he'd do anything about it. Yeah, she didn't think he was... She getting, didn't expect him, but she don't know Joe well enough, apparently. After all this time, she should have known... Joe's going to upstage her ass. Joe is always going to upstage her ass. You know, that's another thing, too. There's a movie coming out uh, with John Cameron Mitchell. You know who he is? He played Hedwig in the Angry Inch. He's going to be playing Joe Exotic. And what's her name? from uh, Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live is going to be playing Carol. There's two projects. And one of them, Nicolas Cage, is going to be playing Joe Exotic. But they haven't casted Carol Baskin yet. What you think mm-hmm. of that? I don't know. I'm ready for all of it. I am ready for all of it. I think I love it. But I mean, I just what you think of that? I mean, just dangling that carrot on that guy, and I mean, I'm, I know he tried to kill her and everything. I understand that. Uh, but what's what's up with that? Why this this? Cause she a messy bitch. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but why do this I'll say it? Thing? I say it for everybody. You know why I do this? Well, this that's, that is so that's wrong on so many levels. I had all my things. What's wrong here? I'm get back to the. Because I think you got your obits next, don't yeah, you? Yeah, and it just seems like I lost them. Oh. Ah, what happened here? I didn't. Are you not knowing how oh, there to operate it is. this there thing? There it is. Okay. I'm still learning of the, the, the iPhone, iPad thing. Okay, we got our obits. But the first one, or first, this is a personal thing. This is a friend of mine that um, went to the ER on Monday and the hospital. Uh, his name's Michael Martin. He's uh, His name's Michael Martin. He's from, um, he's originally was based in Chicago up until... Right before Katrina. And I knew Michael 
even before he came to New Orleans, before he was even thinking of coming to New Orleans. Because somehow or another, from being a theater person and everything, being an actor, I wound up on his mailing list. And I used to read his emails of the various projects he was doing. And I used to write him back, telling him how much I admired. And then when he, he, he started saying he was moving to New Orleans, I gave him some pointers and some people he should meet and everything like that to continue his thing. And when he moved to New Orleans, I actually got a chance to work with him in a show in Uncle Vanya. You know the, the Chekhov Uncle Vanya? You ever heard of it? You know the show? I think so. Yes. It's a, that's a one that Family Guy is always making fun of being so oh, boring gosh, and everything. Yeah. And my character was Tell Yegan, aka Waffles. I was like the poor relation, uh, handyman character. And um, the funny part about it is, one of the reasons why he's called Waffles is because of his acne. And I pretty much never had a pimple. If I had three pimples in my entire <laughs> life, that's a lot. Look at my skin. I mean, I'm right. 63 years old. Look at this. You know, so mm-hmm. just around the eyes, we want to hide that with the glasses. Mm-hmm. But everything else. So anyway, um, some of Michael's, I, I have to mention this. Sorry, Michael. If you listen from up there, I know you prob- this probably isn't your um, your one of your finest hours, but... One of his movies is Blood Orgy of the Damned. <laughs> but I don't know when somebody has, a, has on their resume Blood Orgy of the Damned and they die, I'm going to have to mention it. Yes. And he's done Breakout Kings for TV. He's done um, an indie feature called Laundry Day. He's done um, Fran and Penny, uh, Broad Strokes. He was filming that at the time of his death. Oh. Uh, he's he's been in the mu- he, he's done preacher. I'm just looking for some credits that everybody is going to know. Now some of his stage credits, uh, noise is off. Tony and Tina's wedding. Now, I did Tony and Tina's wedding, but not with him. And then he's done some Shakespeare, King Lear. He's done he did Storyville Rising, and he played the Bordello patron. I played in the Bordello patron in the Storyville show too. <laughs> I didn't get to tell you about that. I had a sex scene with a girl. <laughs> oh She's God. delivering them. Now, this is the thing. This is a show I did for Amy. You know, Amy, the lady I was telling you about. She's delivering a monologue. and the, uh, No, I'm delivering the monologue about this. And she's like, strips down to her skiffies, you know, the, the, the old-fashioned underwear. And I strip down right. these long johns. And I'm on top of her, supposedly screwing her, but delivering a monologue. <laughs> and the funny part about it is I was so embarrassed about this because her boyfriend's in the audience seeing this so I told him I said I hope uh, uh, I said please don't get the wrong idea about me being on top of your girlfriend on stage he goes oh no he says I can look at you and tell you're safe <laughs> that obvious huh <laughs> so anyway getting back to Michael I'm sorry Michael I had you know I got interrupted. He's done Driving Miss Daisy and Long Journey's, uh, Day's Journey in the Night. I saw him in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? And I also saw him in Night of the Iguana. He played the old man in Night of the Iguana. He played the man that was like in his 90s. And at the time, Michael, Michael's a year younger than me. So at the time, he must have been in his ooh, mid, maybe early 50s. 
and he was playing me in his nineties. He did and he did some local stuff like Bur- Bourbon Street, The Family History, The Bachelor of New Orleans, The Papaya Man, A Christmas Carol for George Wallace, and many many other credits. And uh, we really gonna miss Michael. Michael was such a force in our local theater community, and he's gonna leave a c- incredible. Not void. even just theater, like even with. Uh, it, 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 it was, it, people have to understand it. it's it's all forms of theater. Like he was have he was so supportive of the burlesque resurgence, the drag, the drag resurgence. Even in well, his husband, and is, he brought back. He was all about bringing back the idea of old school drag, getting people to remember the comedy, the acting, the the what it what it meant. Drag for drag's sake. Yeah, like the shows I used to do. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Our our hearts do go out to his uh, His partner partner that's surviving him, Eric. Eric, uh, a.k.a. True True DeMille. True DeMille. And True DeMille is part of the old school type of of drag. He and his best friend, Regina Adams. Regina Adams, I know, my God, since the 70s. I'm really that old. But but Eric Eric and Michael had they they were just so adorable when you saw the two of them out. Yeah, and it's gonna be really really. Um, and you know when one of them would drink a little too much, the other one would always <laughs> take care of them. It's like they would take turns. I think they would take turns drinking, so that there'd always be one of them that was sober to make sure everybody got home safe. Yeah, because I've even driven them when I was driving the cab. I drove. I remember True had crossed over the, the bridge of sobriety <laughs> and michael was all okay honey i'm gonna get you home you're gonna be safe don't worry and he put her in the in the cab and we drove her and he took we take, took her in the house and uh, uh i i didn't go inside but um i'm sure he put her to bed and everything like you know I'm, we've all done when we had drunken boyfriends so I would say the entire entertainment community of New Orleans has a huge hole in its heart right yeah, now. And, 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 you, and, and, we, and we've also lost a friend. He was yeah. a very, very, yeah. he was a good man. And the thing about it is, he, I, I think he had a magic touch. He said, told me he never spent more than $200 on a show. And you never would have known it by seeing his shows. He had a way. He he was a master at the craft. I but mean, he didn't use. You see, he of, he, he, he doesn't use flashy theater. special oh, effects and everything. His theater. It was like Betty Davis said about the old days. She said we didn't have special effects in those days. Yeah. Our only special effect we had was talent, and that's the thing with Michael. Especially his, his, his special effects was talent, talent, and he worked with talented people. Yes. Uh, not to be blowing my own horn, but he worked with talented people. I didn't. I enjoyed doing Uncle Vanya with him. I, he was he, he was a good actor to be on stage with. You know, there's a big... You, I, I don't know how familiar you are with this show, but there's a big meltdown scene where he gets into it, and my character is being, you know... You ever been, like, in a really uncomfortable position when two people are starting to fight and you want to stop it, and oh. you just want to go, ah! Well, my uh. ca- character winds up having a meltdown, <laughs> which sort of... Softens the blow of these two men, these two family members fighting, and that was so much fun to do with him. So okay, so uh, what's on? Uh, so you have. We love you, Michael. Rest. We in love peace. you, Michael. Oh, oh! I dropped the phone again. <laughs> All right, so we have one Obed. Yes. And 
oh my god, this woman had the... A legend. I know, and, and it was so considerate of her to die during this particular series. Oh, I know. She's a burlesque, uh, uh, famous stripper, burlesque entertainer, Tempest Storm. And she disrobed to, according to the New York Times, she disrobed to enduring acclaim. She died at 93. She was one of the most celebrated strippers in mid-century burlesque. And she continued plying her craft well into her 80s. Oh, yeah. She was still stripping when she was in her 80s. And she died on her home in Las Vegas at uh, the age of 93. And her longtime manager, Harvey Robbins, confirmed her death. And she's all usually mentioned in, in the, you know, in the same breath with some of the more uh, famous strippers from that era, like Lily St. Cyr, Blaze Star, and Gypsy Rose Lee. Somebody needs to make a Broadway show about her, huh? Uh, Ms. Storm was every inch the, oh God, <laughs> that's that word that means stripper. And, you know, for longer, she, I mean, she, she was, um, the last of her elk and she was at her height in the 50s and 60s and she was celebrated for her flame red tresses and her 40 inch bust and none of it was fake it was her real titties they have never made a <laughs> biopic about her have they no they made oh, like an actual star, really good movie biopic a blaze star and gypsy rosalie has the broadway show gypsy i don't know if they made one about lily i'd love to see a movie about tempest storm but one of the things tempest storm said to an interview in 1975 is everything you see is all mine yes ma'am yes and she ma'am. played burlesque stages in los angeles new york los angeles las vegas the bay area london and new orleans she played on bourbon street Yep. And her breasts were insured for a million dollars for my Lords of London. Yes, ma'am. And Tempest in the D-Cup. Gotta a, keep them insured. the headlines called her. She's a girl who does 3D better. So they just... <laughs> so, she would... Uh, and, and she never, ever showed anything. She she always said, she says, she says, they say leave something to the imagination. I say leave everything to the imagination. And she would... It was a tease, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And it always made, you know, it was one of those cases where you think you're seeing more than you're actually seeing. So, anyway, Tempest Storm, gone at 93. Rest in peace, baby. Rest in peace. And so what we got... You need to let us know about the Patreon account. Oh, our Patreon account. Yeah, we have, we still trying to pay for this new laptop. We want to go to some conventions. And we're going to get, we do still have to get some of our content uh, downloaded to, uploaded to the Patreon account, but um, we have three tiers, and they're named after notorious New Orleans murders. There's the Antoinette Frank is an entry-level tier, which is $5 a month. There's the $10 a month, which is the Axeman, and the top tier, this is where you get the most content. This is where you get the merchandise and all these other things. That one's 25 a month. I hope I know it might be a little steep for some people, but you get a lot. And if you stay a year, you're gonna have a t-shirt, a tote bag, a uh, a t-shirt, a tote bag, an autograph print, a coffee mug. What else? A few other things too. Yeah. And you get discounted Barry Marino's Craft Creations. Yes. 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 So what you do is uh, is you know go to pay, uh, www.patreon.com open slash uh, open slash forward slash open shutters 
and it'll sign you through, and it'll tell you there'll be a big list of the things you get with each tier. And even if you just want to give us support and get early access to episodes for the $5 week tier, anything is appreciated. We appreciate it all. We also want everybody to give us a review. Anybody who listens to us on, on Apple, give us a review. Even if you don't like us and think we suck, we're going to read all reviews on the air. I think they'd be afraid to do I think they're afraid of what they're going to say if they give us a bad review. I think they are. Bring it. So what we got now, don't you have some I got horoscopes? The ho- I got the horoscopes, people. Okay. I know some of y'all done ran through the stimulus checks. Y'all done even went through your tax refunds. Well, they're getting that other tax thing so, if they were on un- unemployment. So put on your heels, all your flats, whatever you got, because it's time to hit the streets. We're going to oh give y'all God. each a street in New Orleans that y'all going to have to work. Y'all need to start hoeing and working that corn. Oh, honey bunch. So we're going to let you know what your street to work is. So what we start? Let's start with Aries. Oh, our girls. Yes. Justin and Jonathan. Oh, good Lord. We have y'all working it down on Decatur Street. Oh. While you're working, you can get some beignets. You can get a good little daiquiri from one of the daiquiri shops. And you can get maybe get a nice view of the river while you're at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some beignets. Yeah. A muffalada from the Central Grocery. Exactly. You'll be well. You'll have a good time. Be well fed and, and, and liquored up as well. Uh, anything else you had to say about them on Decatur, though? Working? Well, yeah, oh, they could go to Jackson's. Oh, they even if they're feeling guilty, they could go to church because St. Louis Cathedral. Well, no, no, that's only, that's for a whole other oh, side. Whole other side, yeah, but they could get there from Decatur. They could get there, but it don't really count. Oh, it don't really count. Okay. No, no, but they get to go enjoy the Hard Rock Cafe's on Decatur. Enjoy our daiquiris and beignets. So. I mean, not the Hard Rock Cafe. The uh, House of Blues is on Decatur, mm-hmm. so they go listen to some music. Yeah. House of Blues. Yeah. yeah. Get a little music in as well. All right. Who's next? Taurus. Oh, yeah. The bull. What's the bull going to do? Well, Taurus is going to be hooking it on St. Charles Avenue. On the streetcar? They could do it on the streetcar. They could do it right on the rail itself for the streetcar. They could go do it in front of those stately homes and mansions, however they want to go oh, do it. Oh, that's sure they get arrested. <laughs> Can they do it in front of Tulane University or Loyola? Oh, Loyola, yeah. That, that, that'll that guarantee the rest. Alderman Park. But it's sure to end the night at the St. Charles Tavern. Oh, my dear. Oh. Working it for them late night tricks, honey. Isn't the St. Charles Tavern dot? Didn't it close? I think it did, but they, they could revive the they ghost of it. They could go to the Avenue Plaza. They could revive the ghost of it. Yeah. Yeah, and the Voodoo Bob. Oh, the Avenue Pub. There you go. They can work that. If you run out of money and you're hungry, there's Burger King, Popeyes, and Wendy's. St. Charles is a big-ass street. Y'all have have a good time. But talking about big-ass streets, Gemini, y'all can take y'all gaping holes to Canal Street. Is that Roz? Yeah, he can take his gaping hole to Canal Street. Well, that's another street big enough. That's a bigger street. It's a wide street for wide holes. And wide hoes. And wide loads. <laughs> <laughs> you can, there's still there's not as much retail shopping as there used to be like it was back in the day, but there's still some. Well, back now. in the day, you know, I'm still old enough to have remembered the tail end of that. I can still remember getting dressed up in that itchy little suit my mom made me wear and hunting her high heels and, hey. and stockings and, and hat and uh, all dressed up, going to show. Go oh, God, the it was so boring. <laughs> I did I tell you ever tell you the moth story? 
the moth story <laughs> on Canal, on the Canal Street store. I, mean, I used to hate going shopping with my mom because I had to wear that, that those clothes and she was all dressed up and she would have to try on everything in the store. Right. Before she bought one, before she bought a handkerchief, you know. So <laughs> she was trying on, she was in Learners on Canal Street. We were there and I got bored and there was a moth flying around the store. So I'm playing with the moth. And there were these two kind of heavy set African American women standing there. And one of them must have been trying on a dress because she's standing there and the other one's sitting down with her legs crossed and her umbrella, and they talk about how nice the dress looks. Well, the moth comes and flies up the lady's dress, and she don't notice it at first. So I'm seeing there, and I'm waiting, and she's like, oh, yeah, I think I like this, and I think I'm going to find this show. So she goes, ooh, 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 <laughs> And she starts jumping up and down. <laughs> and the moth comes, and he flies towards the other woman, and she shoots it with the umbrella, and the moth goes and flies to the other side oh of the Oh, my ground. God. So I'm like about, I'm about eight years old. I said, I'm a, the, the main thing I got to do is make that moth go back for them ladies. Yes, indeed. So I'm just taking the moth and kind of shooing him along and shooing him along. So finally he goes back by him. And when the lady who's in the dressing room sees it, she goes, ah! And it scares the poor moth and it lands on the other lady's knee. And she picks up her umbrella to swat the moth. The moth flies away and she smacks herself on the knee. So I just imagine this whole scene with an eight-year-old kid standing there. <laughs> well, oh, I love that story. Well, but going back to the Geminis, if y'all didn't make enough money on the hook, and you can always take what you did make and go take your chances with Lady Luck and Harris. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. And hope to maybe win. <laughs> well, that arrives at cancer now. Oh, me, where am I going? Oh, y'all gonna take it real nasty. Somewhere loud, somewhere filthy, all on Bourbon Street. Oh, well, at least you give me a street that makes money. <laughs> uh, well, this is true, but you might have to deal with a Saturday night shooting. <laughs> that happens on occasion. On occasion, yeah. Nonetheless, you could still dance the dance the night away to the uh, brass band. Yeah, and if I want to wander over to the gay ghetto and the pub exactly. and exactly. You can cross the lavender line. Cross the lavender line. I can remember Marie Laveau's uh, voodoo shops on Bourbon Street, too. Yeah, you can even put you on a nice little Marilyn Monroe kind of dress and get on those vents, you know, the little street vents, and let it blow on up. (laughs) Oh, my God. What you want me to do, scare people? (laughs) Who knows what's coming out them goddamn vents, though. Yeah, you want to see what's going to be under that dress to scare everybody. Probably so. Leo. Oh, that's Curtis. Well... (laughs) Y'all tried to be social. This is just not the time for y'all. We sending y'all to Chapatula Street. Chapatula Street. Maybe you can go find something working the port, or uh, maybe you'll just at least go get a snowball at Hanson's. And they can go to Walmart. <laughs> There's a Walmart on Chapatula Street. There's a Walmart. <laughs> That's true. You go there to buy some Walmart high heels, you know. Yes, indeed. I think it's one of. Two Walmarts on this side of the Industrial Canal. The other one's on the other side. Yeah. 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 You have Gentilly and Chapatulas. Gentilly and Chapatulas. Well, if you count the ones in Metairie, all on this side of the Industrial Canal, too. No, no, for Orleans, though. Because we only do in New Orleans. We we ain't doing... I'm not hating on Metairie people, but we only do in New Orleans Street. Because the only one on the other side of the Industrial Canal would be the Chalmette one. And, um... Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah Bullard, that's Bullard, not yeah. that's not considered New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, it's a metro area. 
It is the metro area. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, Chapatulas. And yes, we did know how to spell it. And when, okay? I li- when I lived in Chalmette, I didn't go somewhere and say, I'm from Chalmette. I went somewhere and said, I'm from New Orleans. And New Orleans, folks, that is the street we have the most fun with, of watching tourists try to say it. Uh, and, and spell it. <laughs> and spell it, yeah. Oh, you know what else is fun, too? In Google, in, um, when you uh, ride share, when you're an Uber driver, listen to the... The, the little voice trying to pronounce it. Oh, GPS. oh, all the streets. It's hilarious, but especially that one. Yes. Yeah. So, Virgo, you nasty little bitches, little hoes. We sending y'all to St. Louis Street to go work it, for oh, sure. Oh, well, that's, that, that's definitely the You know all about St. Louis. Tell them. They <laughs> well, they used to have a couple of bars on St. Louis that was just like... Um, it was the... I called it the Hustler, Transgender, Hooker... Uh, community and it was the double play and the roundup with the two bars. Mm-hmm. And now all that stuff is a corner pocket, which is the biggest boy brothel in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. It's a, Yo, go get go get some show. loads at the corner pocket. And there's, I mean, there's actually <laughs> there's actually people there that are born in the 21st century. That's, That's how scary. Young they are. That's <laughs> scary. That is scary. Thinking about that. Well, now we're at Libra. Libra, we're actually we're, we're making it nice for your hooking experience. You get to you get to go on Esplanade Avenue. Oh, all that shady. I know they got some nice City bed and Park breakfasts, and, and it leads up to uh, you know, going to there, and it's got all that nice. Well, they get on that bus and you, got some nice little restaurants, and you got some bars like like uh, Checkpoint Charlie's, and uh, you have the the museum, the the jazz museum. It's the old mint. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and that Buffa's, that bu- restaurant Buffa's with the really yeah. good hamburgers. and. The- well, you're thinking of Port of Call has the hamburger. Buffa's Port, has good Port, food, Port, too. Buffa's, too. But Buffa's. Well, Port of Call has Buffa's the crazy. Is Buffa's is more known for its uh, blue, cheese, blue cheese co- coleslaw. Oh, yeah. They got, yeah. So, yeah, y'all have fun on Esplanade. It's pretty. It's it's straight City Park. It'll be a nice promenade on the Esplanade. Mm. <laughs> Esplanade. <laughs> I just wanted to say promenade on the Esplanade. Promenade on the Esplanade. Promenade on the Esplanade. Oh, Scorpio. I guess y'all going to hook it at the cemeteries. We're sending y'all up to City Park Avenue. That includes uh, me. I might even give y'all a tour up there while I'm at it. And yeah, we got City Park there. They can, they can work City Park. They can work the Cafe du Monde. The they can, basically, they're going to be hooking amongst the critters and the, and the ghosts. <laughs> and then that new morning call. Oh, but then they can get some beignets, too. Either, yeah, they can get them in the park. Late night beignets. Yeah. Is it that? Yeah. Yeah, and there's also a Burger King if they're feeling cheap and a Subway. And y'all might, if you want, you can go hook it at Delgado during the daytime. <laughs> yeah, like them students have money to pay them hookers. <laughs> you don't have to be doing them dollar blow jobs in the back. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, if it's a female student. <laughs> huh? Well, if it's a female student with a dollar what? <laughs> dollar Connie Lingus. Oh, they'll, geez. They'll be, they'll, they'll be jelly rolling. Oh, remind me to make sure this is rated e- explicit. This is explicit, okay? Because you know this, you know, Anchor will all, automatically rates it clean if you don't go in there and fix it. Yeah. We had, all our things were rated clean. I'm like, oh, my God, just think if some uh, teacher decides, oh, this sounds like a good podcast for me to listen to. Show no. It is not, honey. This is not for your classroom. This is not suitable for work. No, so when I, after I publish it or before I publish it, I got I got to make sure it's rated <laughs> explicit. 
So next we got Sagittarius. Oh, they're acting a little holier than thou, spiritual. So we're giving them Charter Street. But what they really need to do is go find the priest to perform the exorcism to get the demons out of their paswatchy or asshole. This is your man, huh? Yes. I knew when you said holier than thou. Because they they're holding some demons up up in their genitals. I'm sorry. <laughs> They might need well, to I get know that nothing exorcism. about your man's genitals. That's Put some holy water. Might need to go, 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 go find, you know, find some refuge at the Ursuline Convent or something, which I don't think they really... You ever thought about penicillin? <laughs> something going on. Hey, they have a pharmacy museum on Charter Street. That's right. So and that's where Zach, uh, who... Who, uh, Not far from there. Yeah. That, that's where he killed himself. It was yeah. on Charter Street in, on the, the part of the... Bourbon Orleans, uh, Omni Royal Orleans Hotel, where he where he jumped, was on Charter Street. If he wouldn't, you know, if that other building wouldn't have been there, he would have splatted right in the middle of Charter Street. Yeah. Ooh, Capricorn. Well. Oh, there, there that's one. Y'all uh, can take y'all, y'all nasty cum ridden asses to Basin Street, oh, where you came perfect. from. <laughs> that's your partner. Yes. Talking about cum ridden. Oh, go, mm. then please, 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 please. That's a, you give me a disturbing image now. I thought you said fleas at first. I was like, you got fleas now too? Wow. No, when no, that happened? No. Uh, I said please because it's a disturbing image. Well, yeah. I mean, you can also go walk amongst the uh, the tombs at St. Louis Cemetery Number One. You know. Well, you know, he has a he he, he loves to go to cemeteries. Oh yeah, definitely. So. Have fun on Basin Street, Capricorns. Aquarius, we giving y'all Lesion Fields Avenue, you know. Probably the best street if you want to see all stages of architecture throughout the city. It's there. So Aquarius is take a nice tour of Lesion Fields as you try to make some money. So who's next? Oh, my favorites. One of some of my favorite people, the Pisces. Oh, they're the last one. Yeah. Y'all can go reflect into some antique mirrors. Y'all can go. She plays. She plays uh, uh, Martha's friend. Yeah. Now there are a lot of differences in the movie. The movie doesn't follow the truth. What happened was is uh, when Ray said he didn't want any children, Martha put her children, sent her children to the Salvation Army. She just, okay, I don't want them anymore. I'm surprised they didn't just kill him. <laughs> yeah. And she gave him to the Salvation Army. Now, in the movie, they show that she was taking care of her elderly mother, and she puts her elderly mother in the nursery. Yes. And they have her all kind of torn up about it, you know. <clears throat> and the movie shows that it doesn't show them as being really evil. It shows uh, her as it's her, and she gets enraged and has anger issues, and that's how the murders happen. Where in real life, I think she was really an evil, calculating woman, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, and normally I don't do this, but since we're talking about lovers and compatibility and all, I was listening when you gave the um, the birth dates. Yeah. That's a strange-ass match. You think you said this... It was a nursing home to treat aging... 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 Aging, aging, aging patients with various states of dementia and mobility limits as well as a severely mentally handicapped. Uh, uh, but uh, but Wood, uh, Woodhaven failed to greatly because 
It was severely understaffed and overcrowded, and also had reports of patient neglect, and was closed by the state of Kentucky in 1980. So it's similar to that situation of Willowbrook that we were talking about. So it went from a a sanatorium, but when the antibiotics were were invented and helped cure the tuberculosis, then it became a nursing home. And that's significant what you're mentioning there, just so our listeners know. When it was the sanatorium, there was a lot of mum, money. Uh, listen to me talking, mumbling. There was a lot of money actually put towards that for for the tuberculosis hospital. Whereas when it became Woodhaven Geriatric, yeah, there was not the funding going in or the staffing as when it was the tuberculosis unit. So there's it's two very different time periods, two very different administerings of those kinds of institutions so just kind of want to highlight that because that kind of might be we may we'll probably mention that a little bit later on but that is important now it's um in 1983 uh uh, simpsonville direct uh, developer j todd clifford todd had bought the hospital for three million five uh five thousand dollars and he and architect milton thompson wanted to convert it into a minimum security prison for the state. But the developers dropped the plan after neighbors protested. They didn't want to prison. Yeah, most people, don't, most people don't allow And then they proposed to convert the hospital into apartments. But they counted on, just, they, they, they counted on Jefferson Fiscal Court to buy around 140 acres for them from the $400,000 given them to start the project. Then March 1996, Robert Albert bought Waverly Hills and the surrounding area, and he had a Christ the Redeemer Foundation made plans to construct the world's tallest statue of Jesus on the site, along with arts and worship center. The statue was inspired by the famed Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, kind of like a touchdown Jesus in the French Quarter. Yes. You know? And it would have been designed by local sculptor Ed Hamilton and architect Jasper Walt. And the first phase of de- development cost $4 million and would have, been, this would have been a statue of 150 feet tall and 150 feet wide, situated on the oh roof my. of the sanatorium. And the second phase would convert the sanatorium into a chapel, theater, and gift shop at a cost of $8 million or more. But the plan uh, to construct this religious icon fell through. You want to know why? His donations to the project were well short of expectations. Hmm. In a period of a year, only $3,000 well. was raised. So the project was canceled in December 1977. Now, there's a tunnel. There's a tunnel. Oh, we're, oh yeah, we need, yeah, we were going to talk about that with the hauntings. Yeah. There is a tunnel, and it was built on the first floor with the rest of the building. The building was first built. And the corridor is 500 feet to the bottom of the hill. And set on stairs on one side, which the stairs were used for the workers. The other side was a cart that moved up and down the staircase, which transported supplies and other necessities. And since antibiotics didn't exist at the time, the sanitarium was active. Other forms of aid used to treat TB patients. For example, heat lamps, fresh air, and positive talk reassurance helped to keep the patients alive since the death rate of TB patients at that time was one death per day. Can you imagine? That? Almost like COVID, huh? However, the peak of the disease, the sight of the dead being carried away in full view of the other patients, you know, it kind of lowered the patient morale. So, 
they pretty much stopped doing it. They tried to transport bodies as secretly as possible. To the tunnel. Increase the morale and lower the death rates. And then they, um, if they, they tried to restore it in 2001, and they held tours and host a haunted house attraction each Halloween, with the proceeds going towards rest restoration of the property. But they've also currently restoring all the windows in the decrepit building while restoring the interior of the old cemetery. And there was an underground music festival. And the Waverly Hills Sanitarium hopes did the last show of the Tory Musical Fe Festival of the Sounds of Underground on August 11, 2007. And it fe features prominent acts in the extreme metal and metalcore scenes, including Job for a Cowboy, The Acadia Strain, Hatebreed, Shadows Fall, Jamaria, G Wharf. I have, cameo. I have no idea what you're talking about. That is the, the whole genre. Do you even know what you're talking about? No, these are <laughs> that's these, a whole other genre. Are, these are extreme. Metal more power bands. to the more power to those that Number listen to 12 it. Number twelve looks like. You. I have no idea. And similar festivals uh, will likely not happen again due to complaints made by local residents. Now today, the sanitarium is owned by private investigators who open the eggs the historic building to curious overnight guests and ghost tours. Did you go on their website? I had. Oh, it is I fabulous. I gotta, gotta give a shout out. They have Facebook. They have a web full website. It is fabulous. So you can actually go visit the site. It's really, they, they have the, it's owned by what they call, they call it the Waverly Hills Historical Society. And they really have set it up for paranormal investigation, for touring. Oh, my and, and dear. In a way, in a way, I actually... Well, I saw some YouTube in videos. In a way, I actually like this. I mean, I mean, in a way, I do like it. In a way, I hope... I understand there's some sensationalizing, but the people seem to be doing a fairly decent job with running it. I mean, like, and they were on this little documentary we were actually watching with the owners and stuff. So I'm actually kind of, uh, I'm kind of pleased that it's actually being preserved for what it was, for the history of what it was, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and I kind of, I kind of hope they do get it up to being eventually a full bed and breakfast. I didn't see where they had gotten it up to that status yet, but they do have it set up or at least I didn't notice it. I apologize if they're listening and they see that. Uh, but I didn't notice that. But I did see that it was open for tours. It was open for investigations. They even had some special things that they're doing. I guess once uh, they get past all this COVID stuff, they have like a Christmas laser light show and some special, uh, like doing like the whole haunted house thing during Halloween. And wow. All. So uh, they seem like they're kind of having some fun, but they're, they're really trying to preserve the property and then you got to have some money it's a huge property they've got to have money that they've got to generate something yeah. to care for it and then much rather them doing what they're doing to at least preserve the history yeah and and do that and, and whatever they need uh to make that happen in my book is okay by me yeah i saw some of the youtube videos where they actually gave a tour of that property and it was pretty it's pretty intense it's kind of scary. Yeah, so let's talk about, let's, yeah, let's talk about a couple of the things inside the sand. First off, you mentioned what is also, I guess, affectionately known, what you were calling it the tunnel, but they can call it the death chute. 
which was yeah because they, they transport the uh, bodies to yeah. the, you know and they had some investigators go through there and basically it's just the sheer mass of how many bodies were transported through there that actually lend it to um, basically what was going on yeah I don't want to see that death shoot yeah I mean I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it's something. If you think that many bodies went through it. I mean, they also claim that they've had a problem recently, though, where, in all honesty, they're, where, like, maybe not real recently, but, like, right after they had sort of acquired the property, there had been people that were trying to, like, have rituals or do things in there. They had to clear those people out. Yeah, you're yeah. going to get that with anything like yeah. that. But, no, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing weird. There's nothing nefarious. There's nothing strange about, it was just... The amount of sheer bodies that came down. And that's why it's considered one of the most haunted places on Earth. Let's talk about some of the other things going on inside the actual sanatorium building itself. So, they had, they showed the guy with the orb thing. What was with that paranormal? I was like, when he started claiming he wanted to go confront the spirits, I'm like, Bitch, sit down. <laughs> Man, you need to go sit down with that. You saw that, huh? Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what the hell are you doing? You don't <laughs> confront the spirits. You oh, can commune. Man. You can communicate. But I'm like, I'm just looking. I'm like, this man is really going to go do that. I'm like, and then he <laughs> wonders why he got pushed up on the back of his head. I'm like, I'm surprised they didn't knock the fuck out of you. Oh, man, I know. I mean, like, the man was entertaining nonetheless, but... Well, stupid people usually are amusing. But if I was a spirit, yeah, I would have knocked the fuck out of him yeah. for that stupidity. And you know you know, one of them did. Oh, they probably, the spirit probably used restraint saying, okay, I don't want to kill this dude, but I want to, like, at least... But you know, him. it's like they, they, the, the legend has it that over 60,000 people died in that hospital. Yeah. But they, this one video I was watching, the man said it was probably more like 8,000 people. He says, but still, 8,000 people dying in one space in a period of 20 years is going to have some paranoia. And they're not, all, they're not all disturbed or angry or anything. It just is what it is. I mean, yes, there's some that They're probably might, better off than when they were alive. There were some that were experimented on which we do know but i mean so, like somebody said what other option did they have i mean well, that was, and that was the they were basically choking to in. death they were choking on their own like there was like they were trying whatever they could on them and i mean it, what is for us to say unless we exactly know what would we say was right at least they were trying i mean these people were some of them were on their last moment. Anything to try to see what they could do. Yeah. You know? And and we're talking about a time period where there was no solution yet. There were no antibiotics. There were no vaccine. There was yeah. nothing. Um I did I did I was a little intrigued by the psychic woman in the documentary that we watched. I did like the fact that she was talking to she was channeled actually channeled a spirit and Instead of, oh my gosh, everything's so bad, or the spirit was actually like, I, I like that we got to see the thing of the spirit was like, I don't see it the way y'all are seeing it all run down. I see it as nice. It is our home. Mm -hmm. And so that, and I think that might have been, I'm not exactly sure. I, have to I think that might have been a spirit during the, from the 1920s or so. When 20s, it, yeah. From the, what they were describing, if I remember right. I don't know if the spirit said, but I think that just from what was being Well, it doesn't seem like people were mistreated as much in the turbulent. In the, in the you know, I gotta tell you guys, yeah, the reason the, why I'm so tongue-tied right now is because 
I was pretty dehydrated, and we actually did a little pause. It was a little cheat to run and get some water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, what I was saying is, and that was probably from the tuberculosis yeah. ward, because the nursing home was where all the neglect was. Oh, yeah, that's where they have any. But, yeah, it was talking about where it was her, her, her home or things like that. Now, I do want to talk about the room 502, 503 stuff going on, where they talk about the nurse who supposedly rumored to commit suicide. Oh, uh, yeah. And with the baby and all this there's stuff. There's no real, um, but, there's no real record of that. But this is what got me. When they showed that footage, this is what I want to get into, not so much the rumor, but the footage of 503, when they're doing... The thing with the little, I guess it was a Geiger counter, whatever yeah. they were using, and the, all the lights and flash, or whatever. Watch the questions they were asking carefully. When they asked whether, I'm not saying she didn't kill it or didn't, say but when they asked the questions of did she kill herself, did she kill the child, or whatever, the lights don't light up. So she doesn't give any yes. The spirit. Now, that's not to yeah. say a spirit may not want to talk about that. One of the weird things, if I heard it right on the documentary, you need to go back if you didn't notice it was, they asked her if she had acquired TB. While, oh. And if she acquired that while pregnant. Oh. You know, that adds a whole I'm other... I'm going to have to go back and look at that, because I don't really that, that, remember a lot about that. That, that adds a whole other element into it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And... And like I said, we don't know whether or not what she might have done. But there is a spirit there. And they did document that with the Geiger counter Mm -hmm. and all. And it was technically she did claim she was the nurse. Mm -hmm. So she did light up the lights. Yeah. So she did claim that she was that. You know, Um, it's just a question mark of once again, we're sitting with this rumor. What what was her actual death? You know, Most, but I yeah. was very intrigued by when they asked her if it had something to do with the TB or did she have the TB or something like. You got to go back and look at the question if you didn't I gotta, notice. Yeah, I got to look. Yeah, and those and those lights it up. And that that was a very intriguing piece of footage that really really gets me. This is the one you sent me, right? The, the documentary you sent me. Well, no, no. I sent you another little thing, which was given just the pictures, but it was this was the one on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. If you haven't watched it, there's a documentary on Amazon. Okay, Prime. I got to watch it. The other one I was sending you was just the thing with the pictures of the oh, different faces. okay. Fa- I was sending you the faces of Waverly, <laughs> of Waverly Hills with the pictures. Um, so, so I was intrigued by that. I was definitely um, intrigued by that bit of footage. It, I mean, it's not a very large doc documentary, the one on Amazon Prime. It's probably, yeah. maybe, what, 30, 40 minutes? It's not very long. But that... That got me because I'm thinking. I saw some things on YouTube, and I kind of feel like the documentarians didn't. Yeah. My kind of problem is, is they showed that, but they really didn't discuss like I am about that little exact moment. You showed the mm. footage, but are you trying? That that's where I have a little problem. Are you trying to cover up the fact that she did not answer those questions? Yeah. Are, are you just trying to gloss over it? Are you leaving it to quite... I'm, I, I'm not trying to put that person on, yeah, that on point, a, but I thought they should have made more the, out of it. Uh, yeah, I didn't see this documentary, but from what you're describing, sounds like they're trying to cover something up. 
Well, not necessarily, or just glossed over, because they did show the footage. Yeah. And it's very blatant on the footage that she, um, that she doesn't answer those questions about the supposed suicide. Wow. She answers yeah. other questions with the lights, but she doesn't answer those. Huh. And then she answers this other one now about that's the TV. And so, so, yes, I understand they're not psychics. They're paranormal investigators, so the only way they're able to question is through these these more scientific tools they're using. Yeah. But it was intriguing. I really wish they would have had a psychic at that yeah. moment with them. I would like to go A lot of times it. when they go and do that, that annoys me when a paranormal... Inv- I, I mean, I hate... And I'm not trying to put y'all on the spot. I think it was pretty cool what y'all did do. But you need to bring a psychic with you that does channeling. Y'all, why, why was the woman that was doing the other channeling not there with y'all in the goddamn room? Who knows? If y'all gonna do it, do it right. Exactly. Let's get the full gist of what's going on. That bothered me a little bit. I had to put my piece out there. But nonetheless, I really kind of enjoyed a lot of what was presented in that documentary. Even for as small as it was, it was a pretty... It would be really cool to do a... Um, uh, like, if we ever do a convention, if they did, they would, it would be cool to do like some kind of paranormal convention on that, th- those, on, on that property, on those grounds. We could go visit them. And we could do a they lot. They have it on there. We could do a live show for our Patrons. <laughs> they would probably, they, they'd probably allow it. They, they don't seem like they allow all kinds of stuff. You should go on their website. Well, trying to, yeah, you haven't got to check out the website, did you? Ch- huh? I checked out the website. I didn't have a chance to check out the website. You need to go check out their actual website and their, their Facebook. Website. It's and in their Facebook. I, I, I really do love the people that own this. They seem very entertaining. I, did read I would like to meet page, them. And I saw a few uh, things. I have had kind of a, a busy week this week with a few issues that are happening in my personal life. And of course, you know, Curtis's illness and all that other stuff. Well, has gotten things in this house a little bit crazy. Well, just kind of moody. The other discussion I want to talk about with this, now that we've kind of mentioned the hauntings, we talked about the history and all, is I really want to talk about the idea with tuberculosis and some of things were handled properly, but there are times... And we've talked about it this month with different mental illnesses. Mm -hmm. But also we want to talk, in this instance, we are talking about physical illnesses. There have been times in history where it has been very questionable about how we've sequestered other people for the so-called public health. Yeah. I mean... Take a look at how leprosy colonies were handled. Yeah, the biggest leprosy colonies right here in Louisiana. I mean, that's very questionable how the people were treated on those. And, uh, and, it's, uh, and it's, it's not a contagious disease, leprosy. Right, but at the time, they were, we were so freaked out because mm-hmm. of it's this fear base. And even a little bit with this tuberculosis, even though they were treated a little better and was more understood because a lot of people came down with it. And that was a contagious disease. There was still a sequestering here, yeah. which is understandable. Public. And we're dealing through a pandemic right now. Yes. So a lot of this is relevant to talk about right now because of what we've dealt with the past year. And it has been so long since there has been a pandemic that most people alive today have never experienced one. I mean, the closest we came was the HIV. Yeah, and and, and actually the sanatorium, I think, was also involved during the Spanish flu. They did handle some patients as well with that as well. If I remember reading right, you read that as well? So during the 1918 flu. But all those, like the 1918 and the yellow fever and all that, all that happened over 100 years ago. There's not really anyone alive today 
that wouldn't have experienced any of those things. That is why it's so devastating to us because it's something that we've never, ever, ever had to deal with. And we, and we got a little bit cocky with modern medicine thinking that maybe, you know, we were past all that and we were living in a time where that couldn't happen. I mean, we almost have HIV cured now. Yeah, well, and, and really, in the in the 80s, that was horrible how oh, God. we sequestered and treated those with HIV, especially once it got to full-blown AIDS, the mm-hmm. way they were just thrown in these wings, well, they were closed am, up, locked away. I no am vis- old enough to remember this, and I used to remember that once someone was diagnosed, that was it, in a few months they were going to be dead, mm-hmm. because they had no treatment, they didn't, nobody knew anything about it, and it would attack the immune system. The immune system would die, and they would just get all types of different illnesses. And they didn't know how it was transmitted. They didn't know if it was sexual or if it was airborne. And people were scared. And it also caused a new wave of homophobia. It was, it was, it was really... Um, and it started in the gay community because it, the, main, the scientists that had gotten the disease originally from that green monkey was gay and he obviously passed it to someone and they said that somehow or another it got big really big in Haiti and a lot of gay men vacation in Haiti and that's how it came to the United States well my partner but he he's older than me and in the 80s he actually um volunteered at hospices and he said it was really heartbreaking. It was really well, I mean, heartbreaking yeah. to see that people were just Would, uh, in their dying moments. They had the uh, yeah. I, they I, were there were no real family, no friends, no no. Like it was it. The families would disown them. Yeah, no. He said that was just the most heartbreaking thing to see. You know. And I had a friend one time whose mom told him that if you come down with that, you're just gonna have to go somewhere else to die. This is a mother that told us on that. And, you know, and the homophobia, it, 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 you know, people who already had somewhat of a homophobic, it, it just went full-blown. And I can remember so many people. I didn't have, it's funny that I didn't have any close friends until later, until like the yeah. 90s. So I hope if anybody has learned anything through this pandemic we've just gone through, Maybe have a little more compassion about things because this was more contagious disease, like yes. like as far as 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 like contact and all, and a lot of people weren't able to be with their. Thankfully for technology, they were able to kind of say goodbye, but they weren't able to be with their families a lot of times and be able to touch and say goodbye and do things like that. And I hope, I hope they get a real understanding about how we handle those last moments for someone. Well, and you know, and that, and that's also what our, our topic tonight's highlighting Waverly Hills, the sanatorium. Some, for some of these people, they didn't get to leave. They didn't heal. They didn't make it to the moment of getting those, um, antibiotic treatments or those things. They didn't survive long enough. And you know, it's a funny thing that, um, I was in the grocery store and, you know how sometimes you'll swallow saliva the wrong way or something, and it'll make you choke? Uh, so the, this little choking thing with my mask on and everything, and people literally ran away from me. Yeah. Literally, like, and I had to tell them, I, I just, I, something went down the wrong way. I don't have COVID. 
You know, because I've even already taken the first shot. Well, and it, and it's why and you also bring in the point. It's why my heart really goes out to the Asian community because the Asian community this past year has experienced what the gay community experienced during the AIDS crisis. Mm-hmm. During COVID, the Asian community has been scapegoated to a point that was just wrong. Well, when you have world leaders calling it the China flu. And, and, and I'm not going to go too far with it, but I want to say my heart goes out to any of our listeners out there who who are part of the Asian community. My heart goes out. Oh. Y'all have really, really been through it this past year. There has been things said to your faces. There's things been said behind your backs. There's been... Some of you have been actually assaulted, over, assaulted no, over this. Thank you. Nobody has stopped eating Chinese food because when I was delivering for Uber Eats and DoorDash, that's all you. That's all anybody seemed to want. Lately, but there there was a period of time they were struggling as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. Early on, there was a point where the restaurants were. Eventually, people came around. Well, the restaurants but there was struggling. a li- and in certain states and certain areas, but they even, are struggling. Even if it did start in China, these people are Americans. Yeah, they, they, they live here. They, they, they wouldn't, be, you know. It's, but that was the level of ignorance this past year, and that's the same ignorance that was there towards the gay community during the AIDS crisis. And you know what? It, this thing it, it offered two sides of the of the sword, because you had these people who were so paranoid. Like I said, if you choked a little bit, they run from you, and then you have these other people who are refusing to wear a mask and swearing that the pandemic's a hoax, a hoax. And they actually get mad at people who wear masks. And I had one woman, because I had my mask on, come up to me and ask me, oh, you must be a liberal, you're wearing that mask. I said, well, I am, but that's not why I'm wearing the mask. I want to wear the mask because I don't want to die like you probably will. <laughs> and uh, I had, like I said, my landlord was like, he, you know, he was so um, loyal to his political affiliation that he refused to wear a mask. And you know where he is now? In the cemetery. You know what this cause of that was? COVID. And it's like, you know, I mean, so you have this backlash here, these people here who are so scared to, to even go near anybody, and then you got the other side that is so ignorant that they don't want to believe it because it's inconvenient for them. They don't want to wear the mask because they don't like the way it feels. It messes up their makeup. You know, something like that, and it's just well, I had that. I had that kind of mentality when the when I was driving the cab and the seat belt law first came in, and little old ladies love to sit in the front seat because it's harder for them to get in and out the back. Right. Well, you you know, because you had that injury and you had to sit in the front seat for a long time. So little old ladies always want to sit in the front seat. So I told one lady, old lady, uh, one uh, uh, one lady, I told her, I said. Um, she says, can I sit in the front? I said, sure, as long as you wear a seatbelt. Why well, can't wear a seatbelt? I said, well, you either wear a seatbelt or you sit, because back then you didn't have to wear one in the back. Or you have to sit in the back because if I get pulled over and you're not wearing a seatbelt, or if I get in an accident and you get hurt, I'm liable. If exactly. I get pulled over and you don't have a seatbelt, we both get a ticket. Right. And she's like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just get another cab. <laughs> I said, there's no other cab that's going to tell you you don't have to wear a seatbelt. And that's the same with you're trying to make, make the correlation with the mask. As you're all getting vaccines and thinking about that, and, and, and that's very pertinent. The reason I'm bringing this up is because we're talking about the story. 
some of these people didn't make it to a vaccine because things didn't always like we we're very lucky to have gotten this within a year i mean we're talking about diseases like tuberculosis polio mm. things like that it took years before years and years before yeah. things came along and so many people died even the aids crisis that finally has treatments now that make things bearable that wasn't there in the early days be kinder don't judge don't assume wait for the science and and have some compassion to your fellow humans and please don't go just because you don't believe you should be wearing a mask don't go and target and destroy the mask yeah, <laughs> section don't. that is just that really really shows a very very small mind exactly so anyway um, oh i want to also we since we did actually talk about um we briefly mentioned suicide. I do always, whenever it's something, we bring something up, I like to mention and give you all the numbers. So once again, I'd like to give you all the National uh, Suicide Prevention Hotline. Uh, it is 1-800-273-8255. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, please give a call. Seek out help. There is help out there. You're not alone. And also, before we go, I want to touch on the... Um, Give us social media. Well, we do the social media, but before I do, I want to one more time mention our, uh, our Patron oh, page. Yes. It's www.patron.com forward slash open shutters. There you can, once you become a member, you can listen to, like this podcast is being uh, recorded on Wednesday, but it's not going to post until Sunday. To your favorite formats like like Spotify and Apple, so but you can listen to it on Patron. Well, if you're listening to it now, you are it's already, <laughs> but still no, but the next one, and we also gonna have a bonus episode. We're getting ready to record as soon as we finish this one, and it's gonna be it, it's the, we're gonna cover the uh, this DID dissociative identity crisis, formerly known as multiple per, uh, identity disorder, not crisis. Formerly known as multiple personality disorder, we're going to cover the woman that was the inspiration for the Three Faces of Eve and Shirley Mason, the inspiration for Sybil. So, you can follow us on Twitter at A, letter A, Shutters. You can follow us on uh, Facebook at Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. And we have our two Facebook groups, the official page for Open Shutters, a creepy podcast, and open. Uh, it's uh, the other one's also called Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. That's a private group that only our friends can can um, can join. Also, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Open Shutters Podcast, and our email address is Open Shutters at yahoo.com. and we welcome feedback. I wish yes. some of you guys would <laughs> even negative feedback. Like I said, I am willing. I don't care if you say I'm willing to read the bean tweets. I don't care if you say we suck. We're gonna read it on the air. So anyway, uh, look, you guys hang tight and enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. Bye, everybody, and check out our our, our bonus episode.